back to another episode of Unemployed. It's your girl. Today I felt very, very unemployed. It's me, Anna Roisman, and I'm here with Ellen. Ellen, how are you? It's me, Ellen Burke. Ellen Burke, you look great. You look good in yellow. I like that yellow. Thanks. Yeah, I've been really feeling yellow recently. It's the color of my couch in my apartment, and sometimes when I wear this sweatshirt I feel like my cat thinks I'm the couch because she (laughs) likes to cuddle with me more so this is a good thing right yeah it's interesting at least this is like a social experiment with your animal where you're just like she thinks you're a walking couch my dog Mm -hmm. threw up all over my couch today oh which felt like work honestly it felt like work to clean that you know and it's still drying yeah add it to your resume You can clean vomit off of a couch? No, thank you. I don't want anyone hiring me for that kind of a job. Um, Anyway, how was your day? Busy? um, Normal work day, you know, clock in at 10, clock out at 6, play (laughs) some Animal Crossing (laughs) on a break. (laughs) I got a COVID test today. I felt like I... I did some productive things. Yeah, I got Is my- that in preparation for Thanksgiving? Yeah, because we might go see my parents, which I know is like, everyone's like, I feel very conflicted about this right now because, you know, everyone is like, do not go home. Do not kill your families. And like, <laughs> if, if, it's, if it's really bad, we won't. But right now, like, everyone's getting tested. So, and we're not leaving this weekend. Like, we plan to kind of like, get tested Thursday afternoon and like stay in our apartment till we would go to Philly until Sunday, you know, right. with the That's occasional the smart thing to do. Right. Like I'll walk the dog obviously. And we'll have to like, I don't know, maybe do an errand or two, but nothing like social or anything really. Yeah. And it sounds like you're being safe. Yeah. And Thanksgiving would literally be five of us. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I hate saying it. And this episode will probably come out right before Thanksgiving, but I you know I hope everyone is is safe. What are you doing? Are you are you staying? I was gonna go upstate, but um, I just we we decided today to just stay in the city because it just it's easier. Yeah, I feel I don't feel worried about it. Like even for like the Christmas holidays and stuff, I'm like, well, we've done it. Like I mean, I had a Passover seder by myself with Jared, my non-Jewish boyfriend. We literally like set up on the coffee table, zoomed in with my parents, you know, I made the food. It felt good. You know, one year if tradition is off, whatever. We can do it again next year, you know, hopefully. Yeah. I think so. It sounds like the vaccine is, you know, on its way. So And I it's by so. Dolly Parton. I will that was <laughs> so exciting. Did you see that? Yeah, thank you, Dolly Parton. Oh, you're I such love a her. beautiful savior. Right? Working nine to five and saving lives. That's yeah. that's the new song, I think. That, and she has a Christmas album out. I mean, that woman that woman really is doing it all. Yeah, Talk she's about making the- 2020 a little bit brighter. <laughs> she's like a dream guest for me, I think, on the podcast. That would be amazing. Do you think we could handle Dolly Parton? No. She'd probably be like, girls, get a job. <laughs> what you do? What are you sitting at home doing this little talky talk talk? I don't know why I just gave her that voice, but she has a much cuter voice than that. It's kind of country. It's, yeah. It's almost there. Girls, go get a job. Uh, I'm just going to wow, sit here that's... for this entire intro and try and do my Dolly Parton. 
anyway, uh, well, I'm excited about our guest today because I have been a host now for a couple of years and I, I love hosting. You know, I do other things too. I do comedy and I act, but hosting is, is a different breed of, of that industry, I feel like. And we have like a dynamite host with us. She is a get as the internet says. She is a TV host and personality. She's an icon, I'd say, in the WWE. Yeah, icon in the world of wrestling, which I know absolutely nothing about (laughs) other than it seems violent. Uh, But also, I'm very excited. She is the author of a cookbook called Messy in the Kitchen, My Guide to Eating Deliciously, Hosting Fabulously, and Sipping Copiously. Say that three times. I'm so in a row. sorry I have to make people say that. It's so long. <laughs> also, she has a new podcast coming out November 24th called Oral Sessions, which I have no idea what that's about, but I can't. can't yes, wait. take a while. Yes, it actually has nothing to do with it's oral sex. It's my um, new favorite blowjob podcast. Yeah. Woo woo. <laughs> We've got Renee Paquette on the show. Hi, Renee. Hi. Hello. Oh, my God. This is so exciting. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've been following each other on Twitter. So this is interesting to me then, because if you're not a wrestling fan, how did you stumble upon my Twitter page? Okay. Do you even know? Here's what happened. No, I I don't know wrestling at all, which I'm sorry. I was like watching clips oh, I don't of like mind. you today and I was like, "Come on, Anna, learn wrestling." I'm oh. like, "I know I know tennis. She's going to There's so be much like, to learn about it. It's like a whole <laughs> deep dive." Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a lot. So what happened was, so I've done this podcast for a long time and it was a live show I used to do in my apartment when I was very unemployed a couple of years ago and before COVID, if you can even believe. And so <laughs> People had known the show and, you know, whatever. They watched it. And I hosted HQ. I host HQ Trivia. And I've been a host for them for, like, two years. And when you left WWE, people started tagging me on your, like, ah, goodbye post. Got it. And, and they were like, get Renee on the show. She's unemployed now. She I'm just so left. unemployed. It's great. <laughs> oh, my God. The freedoms of unemployment. Fuck I it. know. And so I was so excited. I was like, wait, people actually, A, listen to this podcast. B, they're they're finding me guests of people who are, like, leaving the big best. jobs. The so best. I was so excited about it. And then I looked you up, and I was like, oh, she's amazing, of course. So I was like, well, maybe I'll just, like, tweet at her. And it works. <laughs> you know what? That works. I feel like that works a lot of the times. I mean, sometimes you really just need to take that blue check mark and put it to work. You know, I've done that with things. I've done that when I'm like, oh, I want like a free thing and like just message someone to be like, maybe they'll do it. I don't fucking know. And then it works sometimes. It's great. I know. I do it a lot with like Verizon and Mm -hmm. I'm like, but usually it's not it's not a nice tweet. It's like I Mm -hmm. my service has been off for days. I'm not fucking paying you. So call you know, one of those. I would do that on planes a lot. Like if like (laughs) your luggage gets lost or like they give you like a shitty seat or like, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and then they're like. DM us and we'll get you sorted out and they give you like a bunch of bonus points or like tickets their lounge or whatever. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Take whatever you, you get. That's the world check. we're living in these days. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Although we're not really traveling as much. No. I feel like. <laughs> but you know what? I love it. I'm thrilled to not be traveling right now. I've spent the past eight years traveling constantly. I'm like, I would love yeah. to not see the inside of a plane for a minute. It's great. It's great. When's the last plane you took? Um, I flew to – I flew to um, – God, we're not, I was going to say Dayton, Ohio. I was not in Dayton, Ohio. I was in – I'll call it pregnancy brain because I don't remember where I was. I know. She's pregnant. <laughs> Somewhere in the Midwest. Thank you. 
Midwest. I know. I love how you dropped that in. You're like, mm, sorry, I'm pregnant. But <laughs> sorry. <hey>. Just <laughs> a little tiny note there. Uh, God, where the hell? I, I can't remember where I – oh, um, clearly it was not important. It was uneventful. It was truly so uneventful because I, so I flew, this was literally, um, like just after I found like days after I found out that I was pregnant, I was like, I don't know if I can even go anywhere. I don't know what the plan is. So right. I was not going to go. And then I was like, Hey, I'll just, go. my husband was wrestling out there. So I was like, okay, I'll come, but I'll just stay in the hotel room. So I literally went and I just stayed in the hotel. So I literally did nothing. You were there for support. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah, we had bigger plans and they didn't happen. So whatever. Aww, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk to you. So you worked in wrestling. You were hosted. You did so many shows. You worked in this world for eight years. Were you always a wrestling fan or did you, I want to know how you got into it. So, okay. So it's a really kind of a long, interesting, well, I wouldn't say it's that interesting, but it's just sort of weird the way that like one thing kind of leads you into the next. So I started out um, wanting to be like an actress and I wanted to do comedy and I wanted to do all these other things, but I was in Toronto and um, I got very tired of auditioning for like shitty roles of like girl number three at the bar and like an mm -hmm. American production or whatever. So um, I was like, maybe I should. I like love how you call it an American production. Well, because those are the ones you have to get on when you're in Canada. It's like I don't want to just do something on CBC. No offense, I would be thrilled to do it still. But like, you're like, oh, if there's like a big Scorsese movie coming through, right. I want to audition for that because they film so much in Toronto that there's just so much going on all the time. You're like, hey, I want to get on like that. I don't want to do like a yeah. Lotto Ontario commercial. And you were in Toronto growing up and through school and everything? Yeah, yeah um, outside Toronto, like 45 minutes outside the city. So I grew up in like the suburbs of Ontario. Um, but okay. yeah, and then uh, then I've spent like my early adult years in Toronto. It's the best. Um, so yeah, I started out there do, and just like auditioning, getting fed up with that whole process and just like so eager to start working and to start my career that I'm like, fuck it, how can I like fast track this? How can I be like more proactive? Mm -hmm. um, so I was going on all these like online casting sites to like see, you know, what kind of random non-union jobs you can get, whatever. And mm -hmm. there was- I did that today. It, it, it's just it's the thing that you do, right? Send sure, off the yeah. headshot, the resume, see what happens. Yeah. Um, and there was a hosting job. And I was like, yeah, maybe I could do that. Sure. And then I just – I literally just started working as like a TV host from then. So it just seemed like it was a thing that clicked that I was like, well, I guess jobs keep coming in. So I'm going to keep going for it. Yeah. Um, so I was hosting my own show, hosting and producing my own show called Rippin' It and Lippin' It. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, yeah. What well, a title. I, Wow. Um, but it was like interviewing bands and like doing – I was like 19. I was a child. Um, but I was interviewing bands, doing extreme sports, blah, blah, blah. And then from there, I started working at a sports network um, that was one of like the main national channels in Canada. So I was like, oh, cool. Okay. Put me on national TV. But they had the rights to WWE. So I started doing a wrestling show out of there. My boss came up to me. He's like, we're going to start doing a live Post show after Raw after SmackDown, we want you to host it. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So instantly, like I was a fan as a kid, but I stopped watching for a while. And uh, yeah, I really had to like put my head down and be like, oh my God, I need to learn about everything to do with wrestling right now. And just did a bunch of research and we had a really fun show. The show actually still exists to, uh, to this day with new hosts and whatnot. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I started doing that. And then once my contract was up there, I, I moved uh, over to WWE. They picked me up. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And so it's just sort of like a weird like snowball of like, this will work, this will work, this will work. Then I landed in WWE. 
I love it. Yeah, I never thought I'd host a game show. You know, I always did comedy. Mm -hmm. And I moved to New York to do theater originally. Yeah. And I was like, I don't fit in in these in these audition rooms. Like there's something there's something off here. And then you start doing others like people always say, did you always want to be a host? And I'm like, no, I never thought about. That's how I was, too. Like it really was never anything that was on my radar. Like I will say once I open my mind up to being like, oh, I could do that. Because I always had in my mind that I was like, well, I don't want to like be a newscaster and like, I don't want to like do the weather or anything. No offense to those gigs, go after it. But that just wasn't like what my aspiration was. And because I was obsessed with like, I love like the Sarah Silverman program. And Mm -hmm. um, I, I loved everything that Chelsea Handler was doing when she was doing Chelsea Lately. And that was like a big like, Bells were ringing the first time I saw that. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to do that. That's my speed. It was like comedy and charming and witty. And she could say whatever the fuck she wanted. And it was spectacular. Um, So that's, yeah, that's when I was like, oh, maybe I do want to do that. And But, you know, it's it's still like, you know, you start. I knew I would love Renee. You listed my two favorite women (laughs) and the shows that I freaking, like, live for and why I do this. And so, yeah. So see, see, sometimes the Internet just hooks people up. It does. Here we are. Friendship in bloom. I love it. I said that to Ellen. I was like, she doesn't know it, but I feel like she's going to be my best friend. (laughs) I love when that happens. She's naming her firstborn Anna, and she doesn't even know it yet. We haven't even talked about soup yet. Oh, Oh my God. If you want to talk about soup, sister, I just had a whole trip to Whole Foods yesterday, and I bought so much soup. Really? My fridge is filled with soup. Are you you pro-soup or anti-soup? Oh, Ellen didn't. Ellen, Ellen just opened up a whole a whole can of soup. We don't have to get. We don't have to go there right now if you don't want to. No, we but can Anna go there. I think we went soup. there, Ellen. Oh my god, I Renee, think we're I'm going a, there. I'm a self-proclaimed soup queen. I cook. I do a series on Instagram. It was birthed in the pandemic. I've done ten soups. Wow! And people are cooking my soups. I, they're not bottled up yet. I don't know how to do the business side yet. Me, uh, yeah, I know. That's that's the hard part. The marketing, the like, <laughs> yeah. the boiling of the bottles and the jars and the ceiling. That's like a whole thing that I'm not qualified to do either. So, what has been your best soup? Oh my god! Well, my latest one was actually I was so impressed with myself. I made a hot and sour, which is oh. my favorite Chinese food soup. I, oh yeah, I went. I've made all the soups. Okay. I really have. I know you look at me and you think matzo ball. She's a Jew. Like, but I've no, never had I've... matzo ball soup. Renee, really? I know. So a friend of mine just messaged me and he was like, you've had matzo ball soup, obviously, right? And I was like, no, I actually fucking haven't. What? And so I was walking, oh I was walking past in the soup. grocery store where they have all the matzo section. I was like, could I conquer this? But I don't really have a jumping off point because I've not had it. So I found a really great Jewish deli in my neighborhood. Okay. And I it's on my to-do list to go get like legit matzo ball soup and then like, yeah, dig into it. Do you follow Ina Garden? Like, of do course. you follow? Okay. Okay. Love. Yeah. yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> Um, but I saw, I told Ellen earlier, I was like, Ellen, you don't understand, Renee has a, she's got a, a cookbook coming out. There's a soup section in the book. I'm going to have to do a Soup Queen episode with Please one of your Please do. Yeah, because, so the soups that I do, and it's not even that much, but it's like, there's like soups and salads and stews. Like there's more like a, like a beef bourguignon. I go okay. like, it's, yeah, it's delicious and decadent. But I, so I really wanted to do, um, a shumai soup. So I was like. When I was, like, trying to think of all these different recipes, I would just, like, wake up in the middle of the night and be like, I think this is a great idea. And I was like, I could yeah. do the dumpling, but then just make the dumpling into meatballs and then deconstruct the dumpling into the noodles and cut it up. I thought yeah. it was spectacular. But then I realized that Chrissy Teigen 
already had that in her cookbook. Oh, no. I know. Oh, so no. I had to omit it. Yeah, you don't want to be the, the rip-off Chrissy Teigen No, recipe. hers is better, too, because she has, like, an actual <laughs> chef working with her. Mine's just me <laughs> bullshitting in my kitchen. I love that. Yeah. I want to know, what's your best recipe from it? Mm. You had to pick. Um, like, where one, do I begin? One that I'm pretty stoked on is the French onion soup grilled cheese. Oh. It's very good. The only thing that's, like, a pain in the ass with it, but it's, like, you know, an investment for your fridge for the week is caramelizing the onions because that takes yeah. ages. Uh, I know. But I've once, been doing it a lot lately. And it takes it's, takes forever, but I don't mind it if I can just, like, put on some music Chug a bottle of wine, which I can't even do these days. So I'm like, <laughs> who cares anymore? Who has the time for that? I'll just take a nap. Yeah, it's, it's not worth it to me anymore. Cooking's not as fun when you're not drinking. Oh, so I've, I've realized. Not, I've been caramelizing onions every time I have like something productive I need to do. You know, like if I I have to get something done for a deadline, I have to write something. I'm like. Oh, good. Two hours. I'm going to sit over. <laughs> I'm just going to caramelize onions. Perfect thing to do right now. You know? I Watch Emily that. in Paris. That's a caramelized onions kind of show. Oh, you know, you my don't God. need to sit. What, you don't yeah, need to watch. just delicious. So that sandwich is one that I'm super pumped on. I have a corn soup in there. Ooh. So I went to um, Tokyo with my husband, and they served corn soup on the plane, and I had never had it before. And it was the most decadent creamy it's like cream corn without the yeah. chunks it is so good so I, I i tried to like come up with a version of that for the book and I, I feel like i kind of accomplished that i love that i love that it was also inspired by plain food that's a beautiful that's a beautiful i love plain transition. food <laughs> also like when you're flying that far too they like give you good food yeah it's like not bullshit i'm like first of all you get on there like do you want to put on pajamas i'm like yeah obviously <laughs> i like put on the pajamas and i was like oh i'll just they they literally bring out like 16 different rounds of meals i, oh, I yeah it, i'm like I'm, okay now i'm trying to take a nap now it's too much <laughs> even i remember for me. when i went to israel honestly like the best pita bread i had in two <sighs> weeks was the one on the plane and I, everyone was like making fun of me i'm like you guys didn't try that pita bread that was better than any hotel we've been to <laughs> I actually had a really great um, apple um, salad dressing on the plane too, and it was it blew my <laughs> mind. I was like, cookbook? I've never fucking had an apple salad dressing, and it's so good. But I actually found like a ripoff of it at the grocery store, so it, it serves its purpose. It's delicious. Nice. Yeah, you didn't make a, a an elevated version for the book. <sighs> no. Aww. I did it. Next book. <laughs> Next book. Next book. Book number two. Yes. She's doing those salad dressings. I'm like stockpiling things for book number two. It'll be baby food and salad dressings. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. I'll have to find – I don't think I follow you on Instagram yet, but that'll change after this. Oh, yeah. if you do It'll, a lot of food. I'll follow you, too. I need to know all about these soups. I'm invested. And they're pretty wild. I usually wear a costume and I listen to a type of music. So, like, I did cook minestrone soup while listening to Cats the Musical. Amazing. See, this is the content that I want in my life. Oh, good. That I'm sounds glad. lovely. I hope someone else likes it, too, you know, because <laughs> my poor boyfriend has to edit most of them. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yeah, my husband usually just zones out and goes in the garage once I'm really on one in the kitchen. He's like, mm -hmm. "All right, girl, you get it." See, in New York City, we don't we don't have garages. We, of course, you know, we have uh, the street. He can go to the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to live in New York, and it's really it, yeah. I used to live in Astoria, um, in Queens. So it nice. um, it really blew my mind. And even moving from like Toronto to New York to now living in Las Vegas, I'm like, whoa! I have like a room in my house I just don't even go in. Wow. It's, but just because that's the way people live out here. Not not that I'm fancy. 
It's just those are goals. It's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. nuts. I I've always just lived in apartments. Um, I always thought my apartment was big until the pandemic, and now that we're both here all the time, I'm like, oh my god, we need three bedrooms. Yeah, like, we need. <laughs> that was one thing. As soon as once the pandemic hit, I was like, I literally I've lived out here for like five years, but I feel like every couple months I'm like, we should get out of here. Like I miss New York so much. I miss living in the city. But now yeah. with the pandemic and stuff, I'm like, mm, we're probably good out here. We can, like, get into our backyard and, like, you know. Yeah. It's it's a little more space is nice for now. Definitely. I got a COVID test today, and then I had to walk into CVS, and I'm, like, standing there next to people. And I'm like, no, I'm clean right now. I just got tested, but we're all just so fucking close to I each other. I know. Those COVID tests are so gnarly, too. Ugh. Yeah. Although I, I was – I didn't mind – I don't like shots, so I'm I'm okay with them shoving something up my nose more than, like, a shot in my arm. Uh, I <laughs> – <laughs> I did the first time I had one done so I've had it done a few times and the first time I had it done I was I didn't know what to base it off of except for all like the horrifying videos people would tag online mm-hmm. so I just kind of like took it like a champ I was like get in there let's have at it but then after I had it I as soon as they would come near my face I would just start like backing up backing yeah. up back I, like yeah I don't yeah. like it don't touch my nose <laughs> All right, so I want to take it back. I want to take it back to when you were growing up, when you were an aspiring actress. Did you have what was like your first job you ever had? Not acting wise, like you mean like my very yeah, first job. Just any in the workforce if you ever had a job. If you didn't, oh, I had tons oh, of jobs. Oh my god, I had so yeah. many jobs. We so, like hearing about your weird jobs and, you know. So first my very jobs. first job um so this was, like, before I was technically legal to work. But, again, as I said, like, before, of like, I've always just been so eager to work and, like, have money in my pocket to, like, buy mm-hmm. dumb shit. Um, so I started working at a, like, a garden center nursery that my mom's boyfriend owned. So okay. I would um, – we had, like, an old school cash register and I would just, like, prune all of the flowers and, like, set up little, like, crates to go out nice. and, like, put, like, soil in people's trunks and stuff. <laughs> Um, so I did that for a while, but I, pro- I was probably like, I guess like four, 13, 14. What are you, you're 15 when you can actually start legally working, right? About that, something like I that? Guess. I guess. I like cleaned out like dressing rooms at like my friend's store when I was that young too. And I was exactly. Like yeah. It's like money, menial, but. menial. Sure. I'll do it for 10 bucks, whatever. But my first mm-hmm. like legit job was working at Dairy Queen. No way. Hell yeah. I love Dairy Queen. Me too. (laughs) I still love Dairy Queen. I had like a dairy – that's like one of those things that every now and then I'm like, oh, I need a cookie dough blizzard. So me and my pregnancy cravings uh, this past week, I was like, I need that. So I Postmates one of the mini (laughs) blizzards and I was like, I can't just get one mini blizzard. So I ordered a case of Buster Bars. So they're like, yeah, they're like smashed in my freezer. My husband comes home. He's like, you bought fucking Buster Bars? Like, I've not seen this since I was like 12. Yeah, it's, yeah, I love Dairy Queen. The baby wanted it. The baby needed it. It's for the baby. Um, But yeah, so I used to work at Dairy Queen. But what I remember from that, that, well, things that I enjoyed about it were learning to make a blizzard. So you can do like Mm -hmm. that upside down trick so it doesn't fall out. Oh, yeah. Learning how to. It was always like hollow in the center. Yeah, I just think that's from the way that it's blended. I don't think it's like a ripping you off kind of deal. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe there we had a guest there. recently who worked at uh, Stone uh, Cold Stone. Oh yeah, I was like, I was gonna say Stone. I don't Stone know Cold. I'll take that. Wrestling. Stone wrestling cold. reference. Yeah, we'll do it. 
Um, Cold Stone Creamery. And uh, I like Dairy Queen better. I think it's I the do too. Quality I want better. like a good soft serve. And I mm-hmm. all I ever I always get the same thing. It's a cookie dough blizzard, straight up. I That's, was an Oreo blizzard. Oh yeah, or or Reese's. Oh yeah, Reese's is good too. Sometimes mm-hmm. I would do um, a sundae, like a butterscotch sundae with crushed pecans. That's good oh, shit, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a little fancy. Ellen, did you have Dairy Queen where you grew up? Um, we had one right around the corner from my house. Where did you grow if up, we Ellen? Had one, I never went. I grew up in Syracuse, New York. Oh. I think I just went to, like, local uh, ice cream places. Like, we had a place called Gannon's. That's what so I remember. So it was, like, good stuff. Like, good homemade yeah, kind good of ice stuff. cream. Yeah, that's yeah. that's. I'm nice. from Philadelphia, we had shitty ice cream and, you know, dairy cream. You guys have other good things, though. You guys have, like, Wawa. You've got, like, I love Wawa. We have Wawa. It's got the cheesesteaks. Yeah, you, you guys got lots of good food in Philly. So it's yeah. not so bad. It's not bad. Um, no. <laughs> also, learning the technique of doing a dipped cone. You cannot go in the dip at an angle. You will lose all of the ice cream into the dip. You must go in at a 90, or at like a 40, or wait, a 90 degree angle. Wow. Let's call up the math there for a quick second. The yeah, Dairy um, Queen's coming, coming for you right oh now. Oh, yeah, because the first time I did, they're like, you did it wrong. You ruined it. I was like, fuck, I don't know. Nobody really showed me. I just like am winging it over here. I don't, I don't have a clue. But also, the only way to know you did it wrong is if the ice cream just lands in the dip. Exactly. Right? And it like splashes all over you. Um, so yeah, I didn't work there for very long. I, I never really had, I, I didn't really hold a job for very long because okay. when I was a kid, I was, so I was always playing sports really competitively. So I was like flaky on weekends. I always had like practice and shit. So like I'd show up if the schedule was convenient for me. Otherwise I had other plans. Um, yeah. and then when I started auditioning, then I was like really flaky. Yeah. I was, I <laughs> Were was you no auditioning good. like as a child, as a teenager or? No, not until, yeah. I mean, maybe like. 18, 19, but not like okay. as like a young teenager. Got it. When, once go I started sp- waitressing, that's when it really went downhill. Uh, we love waitressing. We Don't love we? talking about service industry. Yeah. I think where did you where did you work in restaurants? A bunch. Um, I worked at so many restaurants because again, I would like get fired from a bunch or just like <laughs> stop showing up to a bunch. Um, I never really like. I think I just stop going. I actually have like a really like a lot of times when I'm in Toronto, just like visiting home, I'll go to some of like my favorite like restaurants and bars. I'm like, I don't remember if I just like coming here a lot or if I used to work here because there's so <laughs> many of them. It's it's honestly so hard for me to remember. I love that. Honestly, though, I love that kind of attitude where you you don't remember. Like I have nightmares of like places in New York City that I worked at that I'm like, oh, my God, it was the worst two years of my life. And, you know, and that that person harassed me. there. Like I just have like these nightmares. And I love that you're like, they have a good steak. Did I work here or did I eat here? Totally. Honestly, it's so hard for me to remember because I only really would work in places for like a couple months, really, and then kind of move on. There was one. She's on the go. You got priorities. I had shit to do. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But the last place that I waitressed at was um, this like kind of gnarly biker bar in Toronto, but they have the biggest patio in the city. So the patio would get swamped and you'd make a bunch of money. Um, But I worked there like Probably the longest, but then I started like I then I got like my full time like hosting gig from there, and I moonwalked out of that bitch. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm out of here. Take your it. apron. Yeah, watch for me on TV. Right? <laughs> They're like, fuck off, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and did you stay in Toronto the whole time, or did you ever come? You said you lived in New York. When did when did you make that move? Um. So well, I moved to LA. F- 
first. I moved to LA when I was maybe 19 or 20, and then I moved back to Toronto from there. So I moved to LA, again, with the big bright eyes and bushy tail. I'm like, I need to go be an actress. I literally had Mm -hmm. only done, like, my second city improv training. I was like, I'm ready, you guys. I am ready to fucking go. I did that. I lived in LA for a year when I was 22. I moved there. Same thing. See, we're soulmates. This is it. We are. This is it. And I spent one year there. I did UCB. That was where I was doing training in New York. I was doing UCB stuff. But you were doing... Did you do Second City there? No. When I moved to LA, so I moved there illegally. I didn't have a visa. I Mm. had nothing. I was just like, I got my bag and I'm just going to go. I had a place to stay. I, I ended up renting a room from um, a friend of a friend of literally a lady my mom met on a plane. Um, and I, I lived there for about a year. That seems safe. Yeah. So ridiculous. But it actually, it worked out. It did work out, like, quite well. I, I lived in Beverly Hills. I lived in, like, 90210, oh, yeah. which I had no business. Like, my car couldn't make it up into the hills. It would literally it. have, like, smoke billowing out the windows. And I'm like, oh, my God, my, like, four ways on. It was a fucking shit show. Did your mom meet, like, Cher on the plane? Like, who would? <laughs> so, You're like, I have a friend. She's, I actually she's don't. Me. I'm not even really sure, like, what. So it was a mom and her daughter. And the daughter was an actress. She did, like, some soap. She did on Blue Collar Comedy Show. She did, like, a couple different things like that. Um, and we got on really well. We still, like, kind of stay in touch, actually. Um, she actually nice. she she's like married to Robbie Williams. Remember that the, like singer that does like a yeah. It's like bigger in the UK. It's like a big UK singer. I know that name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I lived out there, but I worked at a place called the Mint, which was on um, Sepulveda and Pico, mm-hmm. and it's like a little concert venue. And I would just um, uh, tally people coming in for the shows again because I was like working under the table. Mm. Um, yeah, are you even allowed to tell stories like this that I was doing all this illegal shit? Um, but I was making like 50 bucks a night. Like I had no money. I, I had nothing. And then I got sick when I was living, like just with like a cold or something, but it was like a bad sick. Uh-huh. And I didn't have health insurance and I didn't know how health insurance worked oh. in the US. And I was like, I got to go home. This is, what yeah. am I doing? This yeah, is nuts. I remember, you found out at a good time. <laughs> oh my God, right? Worse. Honestly, can you imagine me now being like, I'm going to go to L.A. in 2020. What? Yeah. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I remember calling my mom and just being like, I need to come home. And, yeah, I ended up – I flew home. and But then I started – you know, I kind of got my shit back on track after that. It was like a, a nice little detour to check out what L.A. was and meet yeah. some people and just sort of enjoy. That was like – I didn't go to college or anything, so I guess I could write that off as like my college year. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's um, so weird. I did the same exact thing. Like, I moved to L.A. for one year. I did stuff. I did a couple things. But then I had, like, a manager in New York. I had shit going on in New York. I was like, oh, I'll go back. I've spent all of my savings on, like, owning this car and, like, yes. la- laying out at my nice pool. Like, I was like, I look great. I hiked. My <laughs> life was awesome. But I yeah. was making no money. And <laughs> yeah, it, and it was And then I bad. came back to New York. And it was funny because I was always like, I love that I did that for a year. Like, you learn about yourself and, like. I love going back to L.A. I'm like, oh, I know where I like to go here and for lunch and, you know, if I can shoot anything in L.A., it's fun to go. Yeah, I like that I was, like, ballsy enough at 19 to be like, I'm leaving home. Whatever. I'll just, like, figure it out out there. I did my best, but I I didn't know what else. Especially, like, 
trying to do like the like the legal stuff of like I couldn't even get a meeting with an agent or anything just because they were like you don't you can't even audition or anything because you don't have a, v- a work visa so I was like really between like a rock and a hard place I was like I don't understand how people do this I yeah. don't get how you like make that jump from Canada to the U.S. to work so that was sort of my goal once I got back to Toronto was like how do I figure that out mm-hmm. um, and then I, I did I'm actually That's doing hard I'm like I doing my think- citizenship test soon I was going to ask if you're a citizen now. Not yet. Because, I'm working um, on it. Then maybe we shouldn't tell those stories now. <laughs> I know, right? They're going to be like, actually, go back to Canada. Hey, we heard this girl's podcast. Uh, <laughs> you, you talked about your citizenship? No. <laughs> I think of Canada as close. Is that naive of me to say? No, like, it is I close. I think like, oh, I've been to Montreal. Like, I've been to Canada before. Yeah. They're not... Why Why can't we work in each other's countries? I don't know? get it. Why I don't. It I know they're like sticklers about it. They're mm-hmm. like real tight about the whole thing. It's very annoying. I've thought a lot about going there, you know, when I lost my job with my health insurance. Yes. And I was like, now what? Marry a so nice Canadian boy insurance. and just like <laughs> lo- get marry a hockey player. Who knows? We have a you're lot right. of great comedians. Up, oh, is your boyfriend in the room? I'm sorry. He's he's in there. So he can't hear you. But I was going to say, you're right. I'm leaving for another man in another country. Uh, it's I great. As soon as my husband time. and I got married, he's like, does that mean I'm a Canadian citizen or Canadian citizen? Now I'm like, I don't think it works like that. But we could maybe work it out at some point. If you want to go to Canada, I'm down. Yeah, probably. So it's good to have as a backup, you know? Or your kids could probably be dual citizens. You could probably make I'm that I'm not going to lie. Since I found out that I'm pregnant, I'm like, you know what, kid? You're pretty lucky because I had to go to L.A. at 19 and I had shit all. Now you've got the fruits of my labor. You get to live in America. You're half American. Yeah. Yeah. It's I so, love that it's you nuts. live in Vegas, too. I mean, it makes sense for what you and your husband do. But, like, I don't – I think of Vegas as, as – you know, a no, you don't think anyone lives here. It's it's right. a weird place. Yeah, I thought that too. So I was living in New York. Um, so yeah, when I went back to Toronto, blah, 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 work, 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 signed with WWE. And then I moved to New York from there because their main offices are in Stanford, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was living in New York and then him and I met at work together. And I was living in New York. He was living out here. And then once once we were like, okay, we should move in together, it just made more sense to come out here. Just the way that the way that like independent contractors are taxed and everything too. He yeah. would, it would have just been a shit show. So I was like, I'll come out to Vegas. We're closer to LA anyways. And mm-hmm. yeah, it just made more sense. But um Plus yeah. if you travel all the time anyway, like you totally just- Yeah, and it's a good airport to fly out of here, which is a lifesaver. Yeah. Well, I love JFK, you know, just to hang out at on a... <laughs> I hate it's JFK. It's a great time. I love it. I Though I will say JFK. LaGuardia got better once they got that Shake Shack. That one terminal looks mm-hmm. a hell of a lot better now. Yeah. They really stepped it up. I remember being like, the airport's cool now. We've got Shake Shack. We have the Palm. I We're landed. Fine. I landed at LaGuardia. This was a while back, but I got off of that terminal. I was like, where am I? I literally thought I went to the wrong airport. I had no idea where I landed. I didn't know. Like, I know when you get dropped off at LaGuardia and what a shit show it is with the traffic and everything there. And they're yeah. like doing all this construction. And I was like, oh, right. they were doing construction. It's nice. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And then Parts cars of LaGuardia are... always looked like they hadn't been touched since like the sixties. Oh, and, I know. Like, there's like rain coming in through the ceiling and stuff, <laughs> and then the other half is just like completely new and like beautiful. It's, it's so weird. weird, and like all those like sketchy ass hotels by LaGuardia. It's, yeah. Hey, so, Carumba. 
Okay, so you're you're in New York. You got your first job. What was like your last job when you? Were, oh, it was at that restaurant, right? Where you quit and you were like, "Goodbye, I'm going to work for." That WWE. was my last like regular job. Yeah, like waitressing there at the Black Bull in Toronto. Shout out to the Black Bull. Yeah, Are they hell still yeah, there? yeah. Oh yeah, that place is a good establishment. I mean, if you go there, definitely like get something that's cooked. I would recommend. <laughs> Don't have anything fresh. Don't try the sushi. Don't have the salad. Don't do the salad. Um, but the, the drinks are stiff and they come aplenty. The servers are mean to you just the way I like it. It's great. Cool. Um, so when you started working in wrestling, was your family like supportive of this? Did they know wrestling? Like I feel like as a host, I'll get jobs and my family's like, what's what's that job? Like is that good for you? Is this good? Like, yeah. You know, they, my family was kind of like that, too. Especially, like, like I think, like, my mom and my dad understood it, but I think they were a bit like, you're going to work in wrestling? Like, what? <laughs> and then I think once they realized, especially, like, some of, like, my, you know, other relatives, I think they were a little – my whole family works in, like, the music industry, too, so they, like – I don't know. I, I don't want to say they're like snobby about it, but like maybe it, a little bit. Okay. And um, so when I started working in wrestling, I don't. They just didn't understand it. And I think you know, I think it's sort of like that general misconception about wrestling that a lot of people have of like they just think it's a bunch of meatheads and it's <laughs> you know people just beating each other up, whatever. But once, I mean, I I knew before I got in there that I was like, no, this is like theater and athleticism and mm -hmm. truly some of the best performers in the world. Yeah. And they don't get the credit that they so deserve. Um, it always blows my mind to see, like, a wrestler go out and do, like, a 30-minute match and then cut, like, a scripted promo. Like, it's not mm -hmm. like they're just doing a promo off the top of their head. Right. Especially in WWE. In AEW, where my husband works, it's, they can just kind of come up with stuff off the top of their head. But at WWE, it's very much like, here is your, it's a monologue. It's a full yeah. monologue. It's, it These, feels very produced. Everything is very, like, yeah. professionally done. It doesn't look like people are just beating each other up and, like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it's not like you can just, like, do a 30-minute match and then just, like, say whatever's on the top of your head. It's like, no, you do this match and then you're going over, like, okay, what were the what were the lines I had to get in? What were the plugs I had to say for this? And, like, it, it always fascinates me the way that people are able to to pull all of those things off so seamlessly. Mm -hmm. um, like, and they get the script, like, not long before they go out to do their shit. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah it like, must be fun. They have, like, adrenaline, and then it's like, I got to just, I don't know. I feel like they people who work in wrestling probably sleep really well. I am. Uh, no, they do not. They don't. Really? No, because I think you're physical, you're performing, like no. you have all of it going and it's like good night. No, because cuz here's the problem. You know, if so <laughs> after a show, after a show, say we're working in Philly, do a show in Philly, finish the show at, you know, 11 o'clock midnight and then have to drive to like Maryland. So you have to like get in your oh. car, drive like the three, three and a half hours to the other town. You get in at like three o'clock in the morning. That's then you're nice. exhausted, but then you're like wired because you've been like chugging caffeine to try to stay awake at the wheel. And then you check into the hotel room and then you try to fall asleep. But then you've got to get up and go get a workout in and or you've got to get up really early and go do media. Yeah, it's like wow. they, they don't sleep well, I assure you. <laughs> yeah. I nothing. Well, Maybe I should become a wrestler. Maybe. Honestly, it sounds like a great lifestyle. Yeah. If I give my husband a little bit of whiskey, he goes down a bit easier. But <laughs> other than that, no way. 
So you met during a show? I love this. I love when people find love in the workplace that this is a It's a great. Theme. How else do people meet, you know? I don't get it. Right. I, I mean, don't, especially I don't know. with that schedule, I'm so glad he, you know, you guys connected. I know. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you have time for dates. So. Honestly. Yeah, so we first, I mean, we started, he was at WWE a little bit before me, but he was wrestling at FCW, which is uh, Florida Championship Wrestling. So he wasn't on TV with WWE yet at the time. He had debuted okay. a little bit before I got there. So I like, kind of knew who he was, but I really didn't know him at all. Um, and then he, uh, yeah, he would always just kind of like talk to me and shoot the shit with me. But little did I know that he didn't talk to anybody. So it oh, like, wow. everyone's like, he's talking to you? What's going, like, <laughs> what? It like freaked everybody out that we like spent so much time talking to each other. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's just sort of like the gist of our relationship. We spent so much time just like talking, calling each other, texting each other between like New York and Vegas. We would split the time between both places for the longest time. Yeah. Um, yeah and then we were just like, well, I guess we're like together forever. Now I'm having his child. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. When did you get married? We got married uh, in, uh, April 9th, 2017. Wow. I really was like, what was the date again? <laughs> I know it's been over three years. April 9th, 2017. No one's. You I don't think I've had like to like say years. the date out loud until <laughs> just know. now. I didn't. That's funny. If I, I was like, did I ask what was the date of your wedding? <laughs> Go. <laughs> When's his birthday? Uh, December seventh, coming up. So, so is my mom's. Oh, that's so nice. Oh my god, they'd be friends. They would. They December would probably 7th. get on very well. Pearl Harbor Day babies. Oh, exactly. Right? <laughs> yes, I know. It's a big day. I have some planning to do. i got to get something together for the guy. Oh, yeah. What. COVID birthdays are wild. We I don't do anything anyways, so like it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> mm -hmm. But normally he likes to go to the movies on his birthday and just eat a bunch of junk food. Mm -hmm. Well, I can easily recreate that at home. No problem. Oh, yeah. Easy. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I got a large cake and we ate it for like two weeks straight. Hell yes. Because you don't have to share with anyone. That's the nice thing about COVID birthdays. <laughs> the best. Yeah, I might I might bake a cake. We'll oh, see. that's good. I'm not a big baker, so I will test it out on him. I want to get I want to get more into the baking game. Yeah. Have you I, ever baked a bread in COVID? No. Have no, you, I never a, I never did you the never sappy. I never <laughs> no. But as, you know why though? Because I was fucking with cinnamon rolls for so long. Because oh. I was really trying to perfect a cinnamon roll uh, recipe for my book. And I had to do it so many times. Because I, I really, again, like I don't bake that much. So anytime I was working with yeast, I would get a little bit overwhelmed of like, oh my God, am I doing this right? Yeah. But now I feel like I'm an old pro with it. Because I was mm -hmm. like doing pretzels, um, yeah, doing the... You were baking. These are all baked goods. Yeah, yeah. You mean like sweets? You want to get into like the, the dessert yes. world? Yeah, and I just bought these um, really funny Kama Sutra gingerbread um, cookie cutters. Oh. So I'm going to make those, I think. Those are for the podcast, right? That's promo. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, yeah, it should be, of course. <laughs> cookies. Duh. Cookies to go with Oh my sessions. God, of course. Well, I really need to like get people's <laughs> mind away from thinking that the show's about blowjobs. I'm jobs. sorry. It, I love it, though. It's a good name. I think it's a good name, too. So when I was like thinking of the name, I tossed it out to a few people. They're like, you cannot call your show oral oral sessions. And I was like... But I think once people realize, like, it's like going to, like, an oral, like, an oral diction of something or, like, I don't know. 
I don't. Yeah. No, but when someone tells you that, then you're like, actually, that makes me want to name it that more, right? Yes. Because you had such a you had such a reaction to it. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, well, whatever. It's fucking clickbait. End of the day. Yes. Mm -hmm. Come listen to my blowjob show. (laughs) Yep. Sex sells. I post my ass all the time on Instagram, and it's just you know it it works. It's what you do. I have something else to say. I do that a lot on my Instagram where, like, I'll post um, – I used to do, like, a vinyl Friday where I just, like, post, like, a, a record that I liked or whatever. Mm-hmm. No one gives a shit. No one right. could care. Um, but if I just post, like, a stupid picture of my face, they're like, great, I love it. So I, I try mm-hmm. to, like, you know, mix it up. It, my Instagram's mostly pictures of my dog, though. Oh, what yeah. kind of dog do you have? He's an English bull – well, <laughs> I have two um, dogs. But one of them photographs much better than the other, so he's the it's one like that I show. Only one makes the <laughs> So he is the main guy that I that I show. His name's Blue. He's a bulldog. He's very handsome. He is very Aww. very cute. But we rescued a Chihuahua. Uh, he's like a Chihuahua mix. We rescued him around this time two years ago. But he's just like shy and nervous. So as soon as I take out my phone, he's like, nope, and he like scurries away. So. Aww. I know. So I just take pictures of Blue because Blue is a little ham. Normally, he mm. actually sits in here with me when I'm in this room. Like, there's, like, another chair next to me, and he'll want to sit right next to me, like, co-host style. Oh, I love that. Yeah, he's My o- dog – oh, no, he's not here. My dog has his own Instagram. Uh, I'm, I got him 11 years ago. What kind of when dog? When I moved to L.A. He's a toy poodle. His uh. name's Bobby Bobby Flay the dog. <gasps> oh. oh, my God. <laughs> Bobby Flay is um one of – you know when you, like, see a person in the street and you don't expect to see them and you don't really know what your reaction is going to be to, like, seeing a celebrity? Yeah. I did that with Bobby Flay. I was, like, in, you know, like, the meatpacking district or something. And I was like, you're Bobby Flay. That's all I said in his face. And he was like, yes. And then we just, like, kept walking. I just, I literally didn't know what to do with myself. I got so excited to see Bobby Flay. Oh, my God. Well, when I got the dog, I was living in L.A. at the time. And I worked at a fancy steakhouse. And he came in for dinner. He came in a couple of times. And he came in. My friends who I worked with, they're all like, you got to tell him. You got to tell him you named the dog Bobby Flay. And I was like, no, I don't. I, I just wanted to name him after an Iron Chef. And he happens to be a redhead. You know, I know. Morimoto's a good dog name. That actually but, is. I he came in and I was like I'll do it after he's done dinner so if he doesn't like it you know at least he's leaving right. he's on his way I don't out to, yeah I don't have to look at him the whole time and he like had a lot of drinks he was like with a whole party <laughs> and I was like on his way out I'm like oh Bobby I'm like do I call him I don't know Robert <laughs> yeah. <Mom>. hey Bobby <laughs> I was like I just wanted to let you know I I, I named my dog uh, Bobby Flay and he was like oh <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I was like, no, oh. he did not. Yeah, he was like, oh, cool. he. Uh, I was like, you know, because I was like, he's cute and he he's a redhead, and I, I you know, I, I love. I'm a foodie, and I live for the Food Network. I love Iron Shit. And he was like, okay, he thought I was like hitting on him. He's like, okay, have a good night. Uh, that, that's nice. Oh, have a good oh, night. F you, Bobby Flay. <laughs> but the best Relax. is I moved back to New York, and my neighbor in my building is this woman named Carmen, and she's she was on a bunch of Food Network shows, and she's a chef, and she's like. She met my dog, obviously. She had a poodle also. And every time we were walking the dog, she'd be like, I'm texting Bobby right now a picture of your dog. And I was like, oh, no. And we go to the same vet in New York You're to in this the day. picture with him. You're like, hey, remember me? <laughs> no, but we go to the same vet in Chelsea still for 10 years now. With He has a cat named Nacho. And so, like, whenever I call, they think I'm calling to make an appointment. That's amazing. They think I'm his assistant every time I call. <laughs> and I'm like, no. 
That's so good. Um, it's funny. I so he's ran, very well aware of the dog, even though I don't think he's a fan. But. I just like a celebrity that like totally brushes you off. I had an experience like that one time. I was at an LA Kings game. And there's like the bar underneath, whatever. And I was like, for whatever reason, I was down there hanging out. And John Cusack was down there. And I was like, I fucking love High Fidelity. It's one of my yeah. favorite movies. And he basically did the same thing. He goes, huh, cool. Turn, just turned around. <laughs> that was it. I was like, oh Ouch. my God. We're like, I don't know. We're both in this space. I just wanted to tell you I'm a fan of your work. Like, fuck. Yeah. I like John better very- anyways. <laughs> If, do people come up to you and they're like, oh, my God, I love you from WWE. Like, you know, yeah, do you have sometimes who stop you on the street. It I happens mean, not- to my husband a lot more than me because um, he's like a wrestler. So people get way more excited to see him. <laughs> I'm like the afterthought where they're like, oh, hey, we like you, too. And I'm like, OK, thank you. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's more about him. But I always say to John. So on my podcast, he's my first guest on my podcast. And oh, um, I, I, I tell him that he's like the worst celebrity because when people come up to say hi to him, like he just gets like weird. Like he, he just he doesn't say like, like if someone's like, hey, are you John Moxley? Or like when he wrestled in WWE, his name was Dean Ambrose. Like, oh, are you Dean Ambrose? And he'll like it's like he pretends he doesn't hear them or like he doesn't know how to answer it. And I'm like, and you're like, say hi, be nice. Oh my God. My like, first of all, I'm Canadian. It is like in my nature to like, just like make sure everyone's good and happy and cool. Um, mm-hmm. And he just, yeah, he, he doesn't do it to be a dick. He's just like, he's socially awkward. <laughs> he doesn't know how to like handle it. it. It makes me, I'm like sweating right now thinking about it. Oh no. Yeah. It's so stressful. Well, I'm excited. I'm going to listen to your podcast and I love that you had him on. That's yeah. always fun. Yeah. I had to start with him. I mean, it was easy too because he lives here. So I just be like, yo, can you sit down with me for like an mm-hmm. hour? Jared was my first guest in COVID because like we used to go and record somewhere. And now when we had to do it home, I was like, I don't know how this works. So yeah. you no, go it's in so the much bedroom easier. and I go here. Yeah. yeah, like I recorded with him. Um, I've got an episode with like another MMA fighter, um, another broadcaster. So I was able to do those in person, but now I need to start doing the Zoom ones like this. Yeah, Get It's the- fine. Yeah, right? it works. I think it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to know when you – so my last question before, I have a couple of fan questions. Ooh, for- Okay. They're they're mutual fans, I would have to say. They're people who followed both of us who were, like, tagging Get Renee on the pod. Um, My last question for you, though, is, like, so you left WWE and you were, like, kind of very public, like, I'm unemployed, new ventures, and it's the podcast and cooking, like, which are two things that are completely different from wrestling. Very. How long have you been, like, cooking these ideas up? And when were you, like, all right, it's time to do it? Well, the cookbook I had been cooking up for some time Um, It was just something that I always wanted to do. Like, I'm just a fan of cookbooks. I love buying them. I love, like, I've got so many of them on shelves. I just, like, I appreciate the good quality and, like, the photos and the writing. Mm -hmm. I just just love cookbooks. So I really wanted to make one that I would want to sit down and read. Mm -hmm. So I had been kind of, like, manifesting it because, you know, coming from the wrestling world and trying to, like, pitch a book deal to do, like, I want to cook something. People are like, no, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Um, so trying to get people on board to let me do that, I just kept kind of like putting it out on Twitter. You use that blue check, see what you can get away mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it finally worked. And somebody was like, hey, yeah, like let's shop around a book idea and let's see what we can come up with. And um, then I ended up, yeah, being able to get a, a book deal with Postel Press. And they've been amazing with helping me put it all together. And it's it really, it, I think it's going to be really cool. It's like the first project that's like completely mine in such a long yeah. time. 
especially just from like the writing and you know, just just all creative aspects of it. That's something that I've just been dying to do. Because you know, when you're in WWE, it's a great place, but it can also be very micromanaged. And I have mm-hmm. so many more layers to myself that I want to get out there. That's you know, so beyond wrestling. So this was a, a great place for me to kind of get to flex that again and be able to swear again and like say some dumb shit. Mm-hmm. It was really really fun. And then for the podcast, it. it's inspiring. Because I want to put out a cookbook. Yeah. I was, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, that's why I do these dumb soup videos. Though I will I say, do so what stuff. I did before I got the book deal was I had already started writing it in hopes that I was going to get it. And thank God I did. Because yeah. they were like, can you do it in three months? I was like, <laughs> yes, sure I can. But I, like, I didn't know. So I was like, right. okay, thank God. I, I at least had, like. I would say I had about 15 recipes done, but I needed between uh-huh. 65 and 70. So I was like, oh, shit. All right. Let's That's see what fun. you're made of. Let's try to make it happen. Um, so, so John's yeah. been your taste tester for a long time, right? He tries it all. He has, but he's not really a great taste tester because all he wants is steak. Um, oh. Yeah, he's, he's not like a very adventurous eater, but there is a Cincinnati chili recipe in there. Um, so I, I made him proud with that. Cool. He, he got to be my hand model for that photo too. Nice. Yeah, you I put him a to man's work. Hand. Yeah, put him to work. Yeah, everyone likes a good hairy wrist around a hot dog. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen loves it. Ellen's vegetarian. She. Oh loves no, it. Ellen! I, I'm so I enjoy sorry. A good veggie dog. Shit. My bad. You know? She enjoys a veggie dog. No, we love I it. I do a it's portobello okay. burger. You can have the portobello burger. That, that would sounds be amazing. Rally. I love portobello burgers. Yeah, yeah. and I have a, a good pasta primavera. I feel like people have been sleeping on uh, pasta primavera since like the 80s, and I think yeah. it's time that we brought it back. Love pasta I love primavera. That. Yeah. yeah I can get down with that. Yeah. Yeah. And so then the podcast. And then for the podcast, I mean, I literally was, you know, just where we're all at right now. I was like, well, I'm at home. And I've been a host for so long. I love interviewing people. So let's just do that. It was just, you know, sometimes when like that idea just seems like almost too easy that you're like, am I, is this okay? Should I be doing something more than this? Should I be doing something else? But sometimes it's just like, that's the way to go. Like just do the thing that's like that easy layup and not in like a lazy way, but just like that's the thing you're good at and just do that. Um, So yeah, I just kind of wanted to get that show up and off the ground and Hopefully people are into it. We'll see. Of course they will be. And plus it helps, I think, when you launch a podcast, but you already are such a, you know, a voice that people know and like and see all the time and, you know, they know your content. It's like. It helps for sure. Yeah. They want more of it. And that's great. And now it's like, oh, we have a weekly thing where we can like, we know we have an episode. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's cool. I, I think it'll be really fun. And yeah, I'm just excited to get it out there. Dun, dun, dun. Go subscribe. Yeah, uh, like, subscribe. I can tell everyone about my pregnancy and how bloated I am. And <laughs> well, you can't tell my you look great. Are. You look great. And like, for now, I don't know when the- it hits. I, like, I'm not really sure when I'll start like showing. I'm like, I, you can't <laughs> see it, but I'm like fully in? holding my uterus right now, just looking at it. <laughs> I'm not sure when. Do it's, you know what you're having? I don't. I don't know yet. Um, I will know soon, though. I think I'll find out. You know, in a couple weeks. Nice. Yeah. Do you have nieces and nephews? Do you have like, are there other kids or babies in your family? So John's sister has a baby that is one and my brother's having a baby that's due any day. Oh, wow. And those are like the first. They're all going to be around the same age. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's really cool. 
very, nice. very cool. I had no cousins my age. Ugh. I had siblings, but, you know. Well, my fear, though, is that we live so far away from all of our family. Like, when I grew up, we had, like, cousins and stuff nearby. Like, we had family all across Canada, but we did have cousins that were close by. But, yeah, I hope that I hope that we'll be able to, like, see family more often. We'll see. I, it'll go away. We'll be able yeah. to fly again. <laughs> right? I, we'll I don't even travel. just mean because of COVID. It's like, how oh. often do you really get on a flight to go to Canada? Like, you don't go that often. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but I, you know what? If it's a reason to go up and I miss it so much, I need to, like, make the effort. So it's a yeah. good, good reason to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so I crowdsourced today on Twitter. It's my favorite favorite place to be. <laughs> and uh, some people asked questions. I said, does anyone need questions for Renee? I have four questions that I Great. that I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Okay, so I'm also going to give him a shout out. This is from Chi Hung, Chi of Steel. He actually plays HQ Trivia every night. Ooh. Huge fan of you as well. He said, ooh, I'm a fan of Renee. Please ask her this. When you are inducted into Canada's Walk of Fame, who would you prefer to be inducted with you? I don't know these names, but I'm going to do my best. Okay. Arda O'Call or Trish Stratus? Trish. Both, both are dear to me, he says. Trish 100%. I, I feel like I don't want to say Trish is already in the Hall of, like, Canada Walk of Fame. She should be if she's not. I'm going to ask is her. Is this if she like is. the Hollywood Walk of Fame? I was like, what's the Canada Walk yeah, of Fame? Yeah, kind of. I mean, with stars? Yeah. Yeah, they're like stars. They're like in Toronto. I think they're all just in Toronto. I don't know if they have them in other provinces. I just assume everything happens in Toronto. I don't know. Um, but ah. def- definitely Trish. I mean, I love Arda. Great dude. But I've got to go with Trish on this one because she's Trish Stratus. She's an absolute badass. Um, and she should, yeah, I mean, she should already be in it if she's not already. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Are you really going to get inducted into the Walk of Fame? In Probably not. But I mean, I maybe I'll maybe I'll petition on Twitter and let's see what happens. I would is, love that. Like, who are you? No. What, what are you Toronto talking about? Is Toronto the Hollywood of Canada? No. Well, <laughs> I thought Vancouver. Was. I think Vancouver is more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Toronto's like more of like, Toronto's like a mixture of like Chicago and New York. Yeah, that's what I always thought too. Yeah, it's more like it has like more of that cityscape where Vancouver, Vancouver's literally one of the most beautiful places in the whole world. Like you get I get off the plane there and it's like these beautiful totem poles and all these wood carvings and then you get out mm. and you see like Whistler and Blackcomb and then the oceans out there and there's beaches and like these beautiful giant trees. It's really breathtaking. Mm-hmm. But um anyways, Toronto's cooler. I have to go. I've only been to Montreal. I went to the Just for Laughs festival yeah. in Montreal. Montreal's so very cool, though. I like Montreal a lot. I can't remember much because we stayed up. We partied every night. Of like, course. <laughs> As I was you like, do. oh, this is nothing compared to New York. Like, I mean, this is New York is nothing compared to Montreal. I literally saw the sunrise every day and I was like, well, it's, it's so European. Like, Montreal yeah. and like Quebec is so different from the rest of Canada that it does feel very European, especially like. When you get outside of Montreal and you go into old Quebec City, it's like all old cobblestone roads. There's like castles and like all these beautiful monuments. It's amazing. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, Montreal's cool. Montreal, so Montreal is, or Quebec is the province next to Ontario. And the drinking age in Ontario is 19, but it's 18 in Quebec. So it would always be like a party when you go to Quebec that you can drink earlier. You can also buy booze. You can buy booze in the grocery store, in the convenience stores there. But you, in Ontario, you can't. You, you have to, like, go to, like, a specific liquor store or a beer store. It's very inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Like America. Inconvenient, right? Well, no, because, like, in America, like, I mean, at least – no, because here, I mean, you could walk into, Pens- like, a little bodega and, like, buy some yeah. stuff. 
In Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, you had to go to like a liquor state. Oh, so same thing for you then. Yeah. I always forget that it's so different state by state. State to state. Yeah. 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 No, New York, they'll sell you. I can get a beer probably from my doorman, actually. Oh, I would would get like a large brown bag (laughs) and like chug a tall boy on the subway all the time. (gasps) Oh my God, remember the subway? I haven't taken a subway Uh, since March. People are taking him, but I'm scared to I'd get be on. scared too, yeah. And now I'm kind of, it's like on principle. I'm like, no, I'm not going to well, get Well, they've on. also got that one guy dressed up as a giant rat in the subways now. What's up with that? I Have know. you seen this? <laughs> oh, my God. My good friend filmed, he filmed Pizza Rat. Really? And so, yes. And so I like, I saw that on Twitter and I was like, Matt, if this is not Matt dressed in this costume, I am leaving <laughs> this fucking platform <laughs> because... <laughs> I remember it happened. His his girlfriend is like my close friend, and she was like, "Anna, I'm leaving the house. Like the Today Show, all these fucking places are calling oh, about the pizza my rat God. man. That's He's a comedian so in New York. Funny, I love that. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh. I'm glad so he's we kind of covered. I know, right? We kind of <laughs> covered this question already, but my friend Ken McGraw. Uh, he said wrestling is almost a year-round sport for entertainment. So when you're working with your spouse, how do you separate yourselves from the job? Well, a lot of the times, so for the longest time, when John and I both worked in WWE, I think we were both so burnt out. And especially him, I think he was like pretty uninspired and burnt out. So we wouldn't really talk about it at all. It was like we would get home and we're like, yeah, we just like, we would just watch shows and hang out with the dog and, you know, just kind of be doing whatever it was. We we would easily take breaks from it. But now my husband, like where he is working now, he is like so happy and so invested in everything he's doing that he'll go on these like long tangents of like, I want to do this and I've got this idea and I've got this and this and this. That like sometimes I have to go, okay, I love you very much, but we need to pump the brakes here a second. It's too right. much. It's It's becoming too much. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, but normally, normally, yeah, it's, it's really not an issue. When you love what you do, it's cool to be able to talk about it. It's nice to be able to just, yeah, brainstorm. And also like for him, I guess it's nice because I at least understand that world. I could imagine Mm -hmm. if like your wife or spouse didn't know about wrestling and you were trying to talk to them about it, you'd be like, oh my God, what are you talking about? Where like, it's easy for us. We know all the same people. I get that business, obviously. So it makes it, yeah, we have a lot of fun. We often drink and just talk a bunch of shit about wrestling. Not nice. anymore for me, any, like sadly. That. Now I just do it soberly over tea. <laughs> Decaf tea at that. Aw. Yeah. Um, it's funny because when he asked that, I was like, I imagine everybody who lives with their spouse now who's like working from home or like not leaving as much has to talk about work. Like I see yeah. my boyfriend like flip out. You know, he's like, oh, they, they dropped my piece that I produced, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't usually see these moments in the day. Yeah. Like, we're never together. Now I'm seeing so much more. I like getting to see everything. I'm also just nosy, so I want to know everything. I want to know okay. all of the information. See, I'm always like, what happened? Who said what? What are you talking about? And because we, yeah, because we know all the same people and like that always helps too is like we at least have like point of references and we're talking about stories or whatever that we can like, yeah. oh, okay, so-and-so said this or this person did whatever. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Here's another question. This is great. Um, from AJ Wooderson. They said, why is Canadian TV so underrated in the USA? Shit's Creek caught on in the second to last season. Letter Kenny is niche. Corner Gas, same thing. Degrassi before Drake. Trailer Park Boys, wow. not enough respect. Uh, so they wanted to know, um, it's, what, did it, what does it say? That we know how to laugh at ourselves and make others laugh. 
Well, I so I like I always find that a little bit fascinating too, but here's what I think it is. I think that there is less of a knee-jerk reaction to cancel shows in Canada than there is in the US. And mm. I think that shows have more time to breathe and to develop. And then by the time they cross the border, you guys get the finished product of it. Yeah. Of you know how it's grown. I was I when um same with sh- like UK shows. Like, yeah, we it's get, the same kind of thing. And then we're like, that's so good, we'll adapt it. We'll do our own version. Right. And like <laughs> I don't want to say it's not as much pressure. Like there's there's definitely like the pressure to make something work, but the money scales are obviously so different on Canadian projects than it is in the US um, that they usually start off with little to no budget. And it's usually the people are just like, yeah, let's like start a show and figure it out. I mean, you look at like Letter Kenny, I'm not really sure like their origin story of how they got up and running, but it seems like some dudes that just kind of wrote a script and mm-hmm. wanted to do something on a low budget. And same with Shit's Creek. But um, I saw Dan Levy, he posted when they were like winning all of the Emmys, talking about that of like he was so happy that they were working with a small network that let them grow, that weren't being super nitpicky. Because he's like, yeah, if Mm -hmm. we were on a different network, we would have been canceled in the first season, no question. Yeah. And I think that sort of... And those characters had such good arcs that, like, everyone fell in love with all of them. And it's like... Yeah. And, you know, I think, like, that's something that I find really inspiring just with where I'm at right now is, like, I hate that pressure. Like, it has to be fucking perfect right out the gates. Mm Because I think people really do like being there for the journey of a show figuring itself out and smoothing out those kinks. That yeah. I think just having that fan base makes such a huge difference. Um, but yeah, it's like that knee-jerk reaction to want to cancel something if it doesn't go right away. And, you know, I think especially for women in television, that happens a lot too. Uh, mm-hmm. That pressure to be like, I'm the next woman that has the next show. And if it if it has a bad season or something, that it makes everyone look bad. And like, I just think that's such bullshit. Yeah. I hate it's that. It's so cutthroat. I know so many people and it's like they film, they finally they work on something for five years, they get the pilot and they film the pilot and they're like, mm, it didn't test well. It like, sucks. It's like, so no, sad. I know yeah. it's so sad. That's why like, I know it's not easy to just be like, well, I'm just going to go do it on my own and try to make it happen. I know that that's yeah. like a really hard thing to do. But if they're, you know, trying to find a small scale to just make something happen, I think if the content and the talent is there, it works mm-hmm. out. You know, there's so many. Yeah, like there's so many immensely talented people in these amazing ideas. And to have like one or two people tell them that it sucks and they get to make that final decision, fuck off. Yeah. No. No, we always talk about that on this podcast. Everyone who goes out and try, even if you don't have any money, you have your phone and you want to shoot something or you have a fun idea or you make a podcast or you cook in your kitchen, who the fuck cares? If it's not that, like, that's a calling card for something else. Like, I always find anything I've ever done on my own somehow gets me a job. It might not even be related at all, but, like, it's because I did something. It's not because I waited around for someone to call me and be like, you have an audition today at 2 o'clock. Like, Yeah, without question. Yeah. It's just a better way to to go. And, yeah, I mean, especially to kind of, like, cut your own teeth, figuring stuff out. Like, it's just it's more rewarding. And it can be hard. It's a long road for sure. It's not that instant gratification. But it is nice when you get that payoff for sure. Yeah. All right. I got one last question from Sophia at Sophia Loves BSB. I hope that's Backstreet Boys. Oh. Um, <laughs> Hey, girl, yes. (laughs) Unless it's somebody else. Um, She said, Renee is awesome. My question is, I think this has to relate to your vinyl uh, collection. She said, if she could travel back in time, what year would she go back to? Oh, gosh. Um... I love how she said that as if, like, you and I are, like, the same, as if we're, like, 97 years old. Like, <laughs> what year was it? 
that you want to live What in. would I go back to? Um, you can say any year but 2020. Like, well, yeah, that you're right. Any, anything applies. <laughs> Um, probably like, I don't know, maybe like the like 50s or something. Like, I think I'd want to go like way back. Okay. Not that the 50s is like way, way back in all relative terms, but something that I'd be unfamiliar with. I feel like the like 60s, 70s we get, but I think I'd want to like go farther back. Maybe even like the 30s. Mm. Maybe like, I feel, sometimes I like, I like, I would love to know like what Halifax was like when like my grandparents lived there. Like when they were mm-hmm. like young and like dating and courting. I would like to see that. Courting. They're courting. Yeah. I was thinking in terms of fashion. I was like, ooh, I could rock the 50s. Like, I could really wear, like, poodle skirts every day. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? I think (laughs) I could do a poodle skirt. No question. Yeah. Sometimes I wish that I was a woman that wore, like, dresses and stuff more often. I have these lofty plans, and I'm just like, who am I kidding? (laughs) I'm just, I can't. I'm wearing, like, an old man sweater and a t-shirt right now, so. Well, that that seems dressy for, you know, the pandemic times. You know what? It is. I'm in sweatpants that I I made, so I still have all my that you made. Oh yeah, tie dye. Wait, does oh. your shirt say "What would Dolly do"? Yeah, the big I'll tell Dolly you what Dolly would do. She'd save us all with that yes, virus. Yes, she would. <laughs> Dolly's a fucking saint. We all owe her. She's amazing. I know. I love her. Well, Renee, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. I was like, she doesn't even know who I am. She who? I'm a small. I'm a nobody comedian. Now we know. In New York now City. we know each other. I'm gonna follow your Instagram and be watching all your soup videos. Oh my god! I'm I in. love you. This was it's a lot great. of fun. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for doing it. What is there anything else you want me to plug or you want to say to people where they can find you? I mean, they know your name, but. You know. Yeah, I mean, you mess me. Oh my God, I can't even talk. Haha, <laughs> my book, Messy in the Kitchen, uh, that's available for pre order on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, but it'll be out May 18th. So you guys can keep your eyes peeled for that. And then um, Oral Sessions will be dropping on November 24th every Tuesday, um, wherever you guys listen to your podcasts. I love it. Cool. Yeah. Guys, that is it. That's another episode of Unemployed with Anna Roisman. She's been very employed, but, you know, we love having Renee on while she's semi-unemployed. So we'll yeah, take it's it. great. <laughs> See where the wind takes me. I love it. Uh, go listen to all the other episodes. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, hire me, tell a friend. And uh, that's it. Bye. What's up, everyone? It's Anna, and I am here with a little post-game episode. No, I'm just kidding. I'm here to tell you about our Patreon. We have an amazing Patreon. We're posting videos of all of our episodes every week, and everyone who donates to the Patreon is allowed to see those, and we would love for you to join in. But right now, I got to give a shout-out to our patrons who are donating money to us, who we appreciate and we love. Shout-out to Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, Chris Arneson, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, Vic Harry and Jonathan Ediger. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast and me and Ellen and everyone else who out there who's unemployed. We really appreciate it. And if you want to join, you can just go to patreon.com slash unemployed podcast. And like you can just donate $5 a month or something really small, you know, anything, anything helps. And we love it. And we are here for you. And we will keep putting these out until until we're all so successful that we have absolutely no time to make a podcast. Just kidding. But check out the Patreon. Thanks. Love you. Bye.